0: Hello, and my name is Pete Rushmer, and I'm your host today of a Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success, or you're already smashing it, but want to continue to level up, we are here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS, and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. Hi, welcome to a Half Dozen Things podcast. I'm actually in Joseph Creative's new offices, which is in Trinity House, I think, in Peterborough. Um, And Joseph does quite a lot of marketing for flagship partners. Um, obviously, a lot of you all know the business, and uh, Joseph's been helping organise some of that. So, um, and he's thinking of launching a podcast himself. So, I'm here recording with him today just to sort of demonstrate the the system. Joe, for the benefit of the listeners, are you able to just introduce yourself and tell them a bit about Joseph Creative and some of your other, some of your other business
1: interests as well? well. Thanks, Pete, and thanks for coming to the offices. Really uh, great to see you again. Um, um, yeah, well, Joseph Creative's. Uh, we we found I'm the founder of Joseph Creative, uh, 2015. Um, we're a marketing design agency and we help businesses like yourself um, stand out from the crowd really and uh, it's something I'm passionate about Uh, I love it Um, I had a previous business and part of what I really enjoyed was the sales and marketing bit so getting into a business and just doing sales and marketing is is, is what I really enjoy I do have other interests in property and estate agents locally and also a business club. We've got uh, the original business club where we have local business owners come and see us once a fortnight, and we we sort of uh, hopefully try and educate and, and be educated um, in the the arts of business.
0: Awesome, mate. Yeah. So and, and it was quite nice having the opportunity to come speak to speak to your audience the other week about the performance trifecta. I really really appreciate that opportunity. One of the things that I'm I really focus on with uh, some of the listeners as part of the podcast is talking to them the value of networking and how important that is for them to build their businesses so a lot of our audience are they they do similar stuff to flagships. so they'll do like transport management consultancy or they might be like freelance setting up on their own as a business and often often business owners can find themselves being sort of quite insular so having having sort of you've you've been running the original business club since like people have come out of covid right so how do you see that like from a value point of view for for sort of small business owners
1: well you know networking is essential really Um, not so much just to pick up new business and that's very often where business owners come from let's go and get new business Um, but actually it's more about collaborating collaborating with people finding new people that maybe can offer services that will help your business and then it's the people behind the people in the room so the people in the room are only part of the picture you know if you imagine you're in a room of 50 people you know and they they know 100 people each you know you're not looking at 5,000 people that you're actually in a room with really Uh because people know people and actually when I've done this exercise with a lot of businesses and we go where do you get your business from we start to find out that we mainly get our business from people we know yep you know, or that someone that knew someone we knew, type of thing. So um so if you think about that and if you think about you're being very insular and you're not leaving your office then you're not getting to know anybody mm-hmm. and therefore you're not gonna make the connections. So getting out there is one of the most important things to do and anyone for twenty twenty four thinking about how to grow the business, just getting out and meeting people is a real big part of that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think I think you're absolutely right. that when I look at where the flagship business has come from, we do Um, and I've talked a bit about it on the podcast and we obviously we're still members I sort of step away from it but actually you know b and made a big difference when we've launched the business we've done some B&I networking and a lot of our existing customer base have come through that or contacts or contacts of that and then obviously uh, networking like, like yourself with the original business club I, uh, I've i been struggling to get there on a Tuesday due to kids clubs but it's such an important part of someone's strategy when they're building a business is to is to network with people because like, like you say it's always the Oh, I know someone who does that, or I know someone who does that, and you know it'd be really good if you spoke to that person, sort of nurturing those connections, because ultimately, we can, we can have a great website, and I'm not, you know, we'll we'll get on to talking about other marketing strategies and those kinds of things, but ultimately, uh, particularly in people who are listening, we'll be doing trust; they'll be offering trust-based, people-based services and solutions now when you offer those services your credibility your trustworthiness all of those kinds of things that's quite hard to convey digitally isn't it and actually when you go out and meet people in person you're able to sort of build those relationships we, we're people people right and um i think uh, i think the real value there's real value in sort of networking so what have you what, what sort of your key learnings from actually hosting and running your own networking what 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 sort of you know Two or three things that you sort of found that really interesting about running that that part of the business.
1: Yeah, I suppose running, running and hosting is is so different to actually participating, and so I miss that bit a little bit where okay. I'm not actually participating in some of it as as because I'm trying to host it. Um, but I mean, I really enjoy the keynote speakers, you know. And I think I think if you're open minded to go to these type of events and you've got an open mind, that's the mindset is is key. If you believe you know everything. Then you know, don't turn up. You know everything. Um, but you know, people that are coming to our events uh, are open minded. So then they uh, have got speakers like yourself coming and giving the, the performance trifecta, which was excellent—an excellent, um, an excellent uh, keynote speaking session you did there for, sure. um, for the people. Um, and it's learning. So, I mean, I always think, like, let's say we do twenty five events a year, and let's say you come to all of them and you learn just one thing, just one thing. That's 25 things that you've learned that perhaps your competitor hasn't. Yeah. Okay, and that's every year. Now you're likely to learn a lot more. Um, and what, what are you learning? You might be learning bits on marketing, you might be learning um, mindset stuff, um, but you're gonna be learning all the time. So coming along and learning with like-minded people, then be able to maybe apply what you've learned. So public speaking, we've had speakers turn up and um, and, and sort of go through how to do public speaking to the members. You mm-hmm. know, I think it's the biggest fear business owners have public speaking yeah. and we get people to stand up and talk about you know how to do it you know um as best as you can in a in like an hour session so yeah i, th- I think the keynote speaking has always been really good um this year we are we are bringing like a mini mastermind to it yep. which i think will be interesting where mm-hmm. we're starting to bring a little bit of accountability to the group mm-hmm. which we think uh, we think is needed the members seem to be up for it so we're going to try that you know,
0: I think there's real, real accountability in that peer-to-peer uh, accountability element of of business ownership as well because um, you know I, I find that you know even, it, even down to like when you use the example out of business of like the gym for example if you if you want to lose weight if you want to get fit obviously it's an expensive investment to get a PT and people listening go oh it's easy for you P. yeah, just go and get a PT yeah fine and it's, for some people that might not be as accessible but ultimately if you want to get results getting accountability getting someone else if someone else is going to go you need to do this you need to get your ass out of bed and go and make that happen you're much more likely to do it because we tell ourselves stories and stuff and obviously going networking and getting some accountability for your goals and having someone else it me it really does push you on and and the issue you've got when you're sort of self-employed particularly is that really we only have ourselves to self-motivate ourselves and make ourselves accountable and it's easy. It's easy to just sort of go, oh, I've had a really tough week, so I've not done that. But actually, if you've got that meeting on a Tuesday, the next week you've got to go to and you've said you're going to make, I don't know, 20 sales calls, you better pick up the phone or you're going to have to lie, <laughs> which is uh, which is not so good. Okay, cool. So just from a from a marketing point of view, obviously you, you help SME businesses with their marketing and websites and those kinds of things. What's, uh, what's sort of the... The big mistakes if people are listening what, what sort of the the sort of common mistakes that are symptomatic for small business owners when it comes to their marketing
1: well the, the most common sort of thing that really happens is a lack of discipline to to do something regularly the best of intentions will be there like you said earlier you know go to the gym every day or you know it's, it's exactly the same marketing but for marketing to actually work it needs a consistent disciplined approach we do things this this way, we do it this time, this is what we do, and we know we're doing it. Um, unfortunately, you know, when you're trying to do everything yourself, something gives. So I always say a saying I have is, you know, either do it yourself or pay someone to do it. Mm-hmm. If you're no good at it, then it should be a no brainer, pay someone to do it. If you're good at it, fine, but but, but you know, isolate the time to do the tasks. Mm-hmm. Um time management's really, really important when you're doing marketing or any activity. But marketing can very often get pushed down the line. Because guess what, the marketing's working. We're starting to get customers. Customers are being demanding. Um, we're a bit busy now to do the marketing, and then we stop marketing, and then that customer then has done its work with us. And guess what? The turnover starts falling. i must do my marketing again. Now what you then get is the roller coaster of uh, roller coaster of business, roller coaster of profit, roller coaster of turnover. And it's a roller coaster. It's exactly like a roller coaster ride, and it won't really produce growth in your mm. business, so you'll get stagnated performance. Yeah. And that's because what you're not trying to do is grow, uh, even growing a few percent, even 5%, mm. 6%, it compounds. So just getting the growth right. And that, Pete, honestly, that's just discipline. Yeah, um, Just keeping communicating. I mean, the big, big one is communicating with customers. Yeah, you know, Nearly every client I go to, um, um, because it's difficult. Because when we communicate with customers, if we say the wrong thing that can be damaging if mm-hmm. we don't I, I actually understand they are customers and we're speaking to them like a prospect it can be damaging so a lot of people don't talk to their customers in a in a controlled way and actually that's the big thing because that's yeah. where the most business can be done because you know we just touched on it yeah. earlier but these customers know us and trust us yeah. so they're likely to deal with us than anybody else mm-hmm. and so if you're saying what's the big thing communicate with your customers more
0: yeah, yeah and and actually i'm i'm a big advocate of that because some of the work that joseph and i have been doing this year um certainly in the last 6 months has made a massive impact to the flagship business so i thought i i always thought and, and and you know that i was a good marketer and and in in essence i think i think i do an okay job but actually it's the discipline of this consistency around the marketing and actually one of the things that we've been working on is we we had flagship had a CRM but we were we were sort of inconsistent with it and what a crm is is essentially a customer database of all of your contacts and a good crm will have people segregated by what we call customers so they're people who have spent money with you and prospects who are people who could spend money with you but haven't yet and now the big difference is as a customer They've purchased from you they should have some level of trust there should be some kind of relationship there and that's important that you communicate with them differently to how you would have necessarily a prospect the key thing though is always never to go buy my shit it's more I'm going to educate you about some of the stuff we do or maybe the pitfalls or, or how we help people um, is, is a really great way of marketing to people because it's educational it's interesting and it's informative and people like that you know people don't tend to like being sold to so People often get a bit queasy when we talk about marketing because they link it so closely to sales. Ultimately, we do need to change our mindsets around sales because sales is an important part of any business. Uh, One of the most important parts is marketing. Now, one of the things that Joseph's done with Flagship is we've introduced HubSpot, which is a CRM system that we're now using to... We've, we've categorised our customers and our prospects and obviously Flagship, as many of you know, will do transport-related services and we'll do non-transport-related services. And it's important for us to be able to differentiate our messages based on that as well because relevancy in marketing is also a key important part of making sure it's relevant for the audience because otherwise you're just going to switch people off straight away. If you start talking to them about... Apples and pears, and they don't eat fruit. Then you know it's it's no good. I could have thought of a better example there. To be fair, but never mind. Anyway, but one of the things we've been doing is the this ongoing communication where we're emailing and speaking to our customers has had a profound impact on our relationships with our customers, but also sort of leads coming into the business because a, a business lives and dies by its leads as well um, so yeah I think I think if you haven't got a CRM HubSpot is free initially isn't it I think yeah, it's a really yeah. good system yeah
1: yeah it's a great system and you can, you can enter it you know it's uh, free to get involved mm. and uh, yeah it's. I think even on the free version you have unlimited contacts and you have I think a thousand marketing contacts because yeah. um, it's just to get you in you know I mean it's, it's, it's a free service it's, it's a guaranteed lifetime free uh, and then as you grow, you'll probably grow into some of the products that it has that, you know, that it, how it makes its living from um, some of the marketing automations and stuff like that. But it's, um, I think it's just, I think it's the fastest growing CRM in the world. Mm-hmm. I think it's number two in the world behind Salesforce. And it's really ideal for businesses that are looking to grow but control the communications. I mean, if you're sitting doing everything on spreadsheets, you know, it's not ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, they are brilliant spreadsheets. We all use spreadsheets, but actually, um, when you're talking about communications with customers, deals with customers, um, quotations, proposals, this all wants to be controlled through something like HubSpot. And, and HubSpot's a really good way of doing that. And we talked earlier about disciplines. Mm-hmm. Well, this is what HubSpot's there to do: communicate with your customers in a disciplined way, and in a way it's relevant. Like you said earlier, Pete, because if we're talking to you know non-transport customers about a driver CPC training, the customer is going to think, why are you talking to me about stuff that's not relevant? You don't know me as a customer. So now now the customer's starting to think, oh, this is a bit strange, this is this must be sort of automated. Mm-hmm. Actually, if we think about then talking to transport customers about CPC um, training, 50-odd you know, 50, 50 days' time, uh, certain things have to be done in the CPC, then that's the sort of stuff that your transport community really wants to know about yeah absolutely. So rel- it's relevant and that means they open it, that means they look at it, that means they mm-hmm. engage with it and that means you get, actually can get orders from it mm-hmm. like you say it's not about selling, it's very much about education we need to educate people about what we do and you know, there's this transition happening um, throughout the western world really around sales and marketing, how they're diverging these days mm-hmm. so when people are looking to do business with you they're looking at what your marketing collateral you have out there mm-hmm. alright you do x, what is it you do and what are the benefits to me of, of, of what you have to offer so they want to qualify you so they're, they're engaging in almost a sales process mm-hmm. before they've engaged you mm-hmm. so that's that's something that's relatively recent yeah and so what we're starting to, starting to see is that customers are qualifying you before you even know they're doing it yeah so that means getting information out there is really important and being being disciplined, not just doing. Oh, I've done a, I've done a podcast today. I'll do one in three years time. Or I've done an email. I'll do another one next month. It's it's really having a plan. Mm-hmm. You know, and you and I sit down and, with a plan, don't we? Yeah. Um. Every month we have an, an action plan on marketing, and we deliver that plan, and then we meet again, and we deliver the next month, and that's an ongoing discipline that I bring to your business. You mm-hmm. know. Um. You've got the discipline as well, but that's one of the things I think I bring. You're saying about accountability. I think that's what we're trying to do, bring Mm -hmm. accountability to that function.
0: Yep. I think, uh, I think I think you're absolutely right. Hi, it's Pete from Flagship Partners. We're proud to sponsor a half dozen things podcast. Flagship Partners help their clients become safer, greener and greater through a range of consultancy and training services. We offer audits through to risk assessments, contracts through to support with managing your culture, all the way from mandatory training through to management training as well. So if you need any support, please do get in touch with Flagship Partners today. So um, with um, so if, if, if you're listening and you've not got a CRM that's that's sort of step number one we really think that's going to be quite valuable for you the next thing was uh, I was just going to touch on like a website so how important is a is a website for a business
1: yeah a websites going to be you know critically important for, for a business um, and of course everyone's business circumstances are different but generally speaking we need to be able to, to send people to reference what it is we do so if you're e-commerce then you obviously you, you've got to have an e-commerce website that goes without saying but if you've got um you know services to offer and you might think well, i don't need one yet and maybe you can get away with it for a while but actually people want to reference you mm-hmm. they want to just look at what you've got and, uh, and, and uh, assess what it is you, you're doing your case studies can go on there so when we talk about social media for example social media doesn't last very long Mm -hmm. so when you put a a post out there on your business on Facebook within hours it's gone Mm -hmm. And LinkedIn you might have a couple of days so where is your portfolio being shown Mm -hmm. how are customers going to see this thing that this qualifying thing who are you well they're going to go to your website they're going to want to see what it is you do who else you work with any testimonials they want to see a picture so if you don't have it Listen, there'll be, there'll be cases out there of people that are doing very well without it, you know, no problem at all. But, you know, there may already be quite long established businesses, okay, and have never needed to do it. What we're talking about now, if you're coming into the world now, then you need to be on the digital platforms that are relevant for your business, and mm-hmm. a website is definitely one, because there's lots more we can do, as you know, uh, Pete, on a website. A website can interact with people, mm-hmm. yeah, and it can do it 24-7 if you, if you wanted to. Yep. whereas we as individuals we've got to sleep yep. your website doesn't it's, it's, it's awake all the time So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think people sometimes get websites and then they neglect them it's a bit I mean like you wouldn't see retailers do that with a shop window would you a no. retailer doesn't put his, decorate his window and says that's us done you know they keep changing the window because they know they have to attract the visitors to see something different and a website is no different to that we have to think about constantly changing the look mm-hmm. and feel of our site yeah with relevant to our audience
0: and it's, it's quite a specialized thing as well isn't it because additionally on top of the website is you've then got sort of paid advertising so i know you're an expert with google ads so what google ads do for people who are listening so you've got this thing called seo which is search engine optimization so that's where you've uh, written written uh, stuff on your website google looks through it and then it makes you appear top because one of the mistakes you make when you create a website is you just think well you know, people are going to look for Joseph Creative Business, for example, Joseph Creative, but they're, they're not searching for that often when they're looking for new, uh, for people stuff. They might search marketing support in Peterborough or, you know, how do I build a website or what have you. So the actual search terms people use are slightly different. And um, the people who are really good at the websites will appear higher in Google and then they've got more um, trustworthiness, they've got more credibility the higher they are. So... Once you've built your website, there's a bit of work to do around making sure you appear on Google. And then another way to do it is to, is to pay. So you can pay Google Ads to to appear. So, for example, if you offer driver CPC training, you can pay Google Ads to try and appear at the top. But And that's something that um, Joseph has done for us. And he's, he's, he's an expert at it and understands how uh, Google operates and how best to get outcomes from that. But one of the challenges you've got is that actually when they land on the website, it's got to be really relevant to whatever it is you're advertising. So you've got to almost try and read people's minds around what it is they're looking for. Am I sort of talking sense there?
1: Yeah, I think so, Pete, I think so. Yeah, I mean, the relevancy is the number one thing that Google is around, relevancy. So we all know the other search engines that are out there, but we nearly all use Google. And that's because it's very relevant. It comes back with the search, you know, the query you put in, it comes back with the output you want. Um, Okay, and so, and when even the paid ads, and a lot of people don't realize this, but even the paid ads have to be relevant. You can't just buy yourself into a space. Um, Well, why would you want to, actually? Um, Why would you want to pay to be in a space you don't want to be in? So, Google doesn't want to do that either, it doesn't want to put you in the wrong space. And the big advantage, really, over Google and SEO um, type stuff, like Google Ads versus SEO, is that Google Ads is going to be instantaneous. You're going to be able to jump straight onto page one. Um, I don't know if anyone's been doing searches on Google lately and really start to see how many how long the search list is now on page one is like not just like an a four page one it's a very very long um, search list there are lots of advertisers in there now Google's increasing its revenues by doing that because mm-hmm. it's making it more difficult yeah. um, but one thing is for sure that you might not be aware of I mean people think Google's a search engine mm-hmm. and it's not it's an advertising platform mm-hmm. yeah but it's number one relevant thing it does is search um, you know and and it's very 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 good at that Mm -hmm. but it's actually there to exist to make money from advertisers Mm -hmm. so advertisers can skip the SEO bit Mm -hmm. and get you straight to number one two three four and you get lots of statistics on where you're appearing and that's all about getting yourself in front of people I mean I always ask this question why would you not want to appear as a business for a service that you are doing and someone's looking for you why would you not want to appear And generally the answer is I can't afford Google, you know, Mm -hmm. and and if it's a cash cost, then that's probably true. If you can't afford the cash, you can't do it. But Google is an investment. Um, Google's figures say that they will return eight to one for every pound you spend, you'll get eight pound back. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's the numbers that sort of Google talk about.
0: I tell you what that's a, that's a good return isn't it i'm quite happy to put a pound <laughs> in something if i'm gonna get eight back um absolutely yeah cool okay good so um obviously we've talked a bit about crm we've talked a bit about uh websites google ads so i guess that sort of moves us on to sort of the social media side so um you do quite a bit with linkedin what what's the you know, what, what would you say is the key benefit for, for professionals for LinkedIn? What, what, what's, a, you know, when people come to you for LinkedIn, what, what, what is it they're looking for?
1: Yeah, I suppose, uh, you know, LinkedIn's been around since, uh, I think, 2016, 15, 16. So it's been around a while and it's, it's got nearly a billion worldwide li- world users, 38 million users in the UK, professional users. So they're, they're straight away, you're talking about a B2B platform. So it's the largest B2B platform that exists, and the people on it are professionals. So if that's your marketplace, if you're selling business to business, then LinkedIn is going to be significantly powerful for you. Um, HubSpot's figures were that LinkedIn was 300%, um, gave 300% more leads than any other platform. Wow. Okay, so it's, it's a huge place for business. But like you were saying earlier, Pete, it's not really about selling on it, it's really about educating on it. But you can do lots and lots of different things, and that's what I would encourage people to do. And it comes back to this, what what you put in is what you get out. So in LinkedIn, there's so much you can do. The biggest thing you really need to do is make sure your profile looks good and is relevant, both your business one and your personal one. So get your profile looked at. There's lots of things in the profile that you can do to make it look better. But whenever you're connecting with anyone, the first thing they do is look at you. So you want to look, look and represent your business and yourself in the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's one of the big takeaways, I would say. But also maybe invest in some of the other things. Like yourself, you're doing LinkedIn Lives, Pete, which yep. I know gets to your audience straight away. Um, newsletter, I've got a marketing notebook, Joseph's uh, uh, creative marketing notebook. A bit like Ted's notebook from Formula One, um, where what we're trying to do is just give stuff away. Mm -hmm. here's things you should be thinking about so in 2024 what should you be thinking about and there's just giveaways so doing that in your own business creating newsletters creating events webinars um, obviously posts articles all this stuff but connecting to your audience so approximately for every person you connect to you connect to another 5,000 people that come into your network as such so building your connections is probably the most vital thing so think about being in a theatre and you're on stage you need you need to be building an audience around you that's relevant to you not just anybody but a relevant audience Mm -hmm. so for yourself Pete if you want all your transport uh, uh, connections you want to have as many transport connections around you as possible because you've got something to say in that field and you're an expert in that field so building your transport audience is critical it's a big audience yeah yeah
0: absolutely mate and um i think uh i think linkedin really valuable many people i speak to they they sort of they get scared about posting on on linkedin what would you what do you say to people that are scared not knowing what to post or um fear I, I guess i guess people it's a bit like public speaking i suppose when you go and speak on like linkedin about your business do you think people are fearful of like criticism that kind of thing what what do you think it is that causes people to be worried about it
1: yeah, I mean, you know, I think, I think if, you're, if you're getting a lot of engagement, you're always going to get some negative engagement. And um, as humans, we focus on the negative sometimes. That's just, just part of who we are. You know, we get a hundred people say good things about us and once is a bad thing, and we focus on why someone's saying a bad thing about us. Um, it's why a lot of the celebrities don't really um, get involved in news media. Mm-hmm. um other than to promote themselves because there's so much negativity. I actually find LinkedIn is a real positive place. Mm-hmm. Um you know, some of the other platforms are a bit more negative. Yeah. Um and people are just looking to, you know, shoot at you all the time. But mm-hmm. but LinkedIn's quite a positive place. Uh, it's yeah, quite yeah. a respectful place. I, I
0: find that as well because ultimately when people comment on stuff, when people go in and comment on stuff, it is a professional representation of them as well. And okay. so I think I think people are quite measured in the way they respond and interact with people on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I think I've come across that I think is interesting is that um, people will often, I don't know, I, I've certainly been wary where people have like hijacked my posts for self-promotion or um, there's, there, there, there's stuff that's happened in the past that I think people are using it for their own end or they that sometimes there's a little bit there can be a bit of point scoring but like you say generally speaking it's um, it's a positive platform I think it's worthwhile getting involved in and um, I think it's worth people people investing in so that sort of brings me then on to your, your Facebook and your Instagrams and those kinds of things from a business point of view i suppose it's horses for courses right so um, I, if they use them if they're right for your business depends on what sort of business you're doing
1: yeah i mean if you think about linkedin so when people are on linkedin they they're in a, a business mindset okay so they're thinking business so they might be looking for thought leadership and stuff like that but they're in a business mindset when you move away from linkedin to things like tiktok facebook instagram you you no longer you've no longer really got that people are now in their social environment and so they're actually probably looking for what their friends are doing, what's out there. Maybe information TikTok. You can be on it for hours. Mm-hmm. You know, um. So, so there's a different mindset about what's going on. We have to be mindful of that. So those platforms, are, don't work brilliantly with B two B. Yeah. But if you're selling to consumers, then, you've now got the consumers' attention. But some of the stats around it, um, some of the stats around, say so Facebook. You know, if, if, if someone likes, um, following you on Facebook. They're only going to see five percent of what you put out there, five percent. Yeah, it's because shocking. Facebook, Facebook understands that people don't want to see company posts about no. stuff. No, it's effectively advertising. Yeah, it doesn't want to see it. They yeah. don't want to show it because and Facebook's not being paid for it yeah. on a, just a generic post. So why would it disturb its audience? So that's why it's as low as five percent, and that's if they're following you. Yeah, or have liked your page. Yeah, so. Again, it turns to why do they exist? These platforms. Well, they're there to make money, and if you pay them, they can be very, very effective. I mean, you can reach a hundred thousand people for a hundred pounds.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, that's cheap, and you'll get a load of metrics around mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Did they go to my website? Did they uh, go to my page? Did they click a form? You know, did they take an action? Mm-hmm. As opposed to you put a hundred pound on a newspaper, you, you might have no whatever happened to that hundred pounds. So yes we've got to pay them but they exist free to all users and by paying them we get access to Mm -hmm. generically the people we want to target you know and and that can be by gender by age by you know by job uh, by industry so it's a great platform I think from um, B to C
0: yeah yeah absolutely okay so um, what have we missed mate what have we missed is there is there any sort of is there any sort of uh, platform that you want to or any type of marketing that you want to just oh, sort of think, add, add, to, add to what we were talking about there.
1: Well, I think uh, we, we covered quite a lot of these sort of tactical elements of marketing there. Yeah. You know, from your emailing to social, um, et cetera. They're, they're tactics that we deploy. Mm-hmm. Um, but tactics are the last thing in the, in the armoury. You know, we've got to go back a little bit. And okay. firstly, we've got to think about our strategy. So, what are we. So, it's a great time of the year to be thinking, what are we going to do for next year? You know, really, what do we want to do? And actually forming a plan that you know, might be a business plan, but it's got to involve. It's got to involve how you're going to market your business. You know, as I say, whether you do it or whether you employ someone to do it, but you've got to be thinking, right. What are we going? What What's our aspirations for twenty twenty four? And then break it down. Mm-hmm. So really, making more of a strategic um, view of how we're going to do marketing. So we, we we take that. We look at the what we're going to do in, in the year, and then we break it down in twelve weeks, and then we break it down to a month. Mm-hmm and then we break that down into activities that we're going to do in that month which are the tactics so creating a strategy firstly and I even might call a mini strategy. sometimes the word strategy some people can go oh strategy are uh, hairy fairy I don't really know what that means and they park it let's just break it down have a, a mini strategy on something I'm going to have a mini strategy on LinkedIn I'm going to have a mini strategy but but in your plan you're going to do work in these areas you have a uh, you know strategy for 12 months and then we have plans we have 12 12 month plans as well mm-hmm. and we build them every month so i think that's the bit we probably haven't talked about and inside of that you might be thinking about how your business is positioned how is your brand positioned how are you perceived are you getting the right value mm-hmm. are you de- are you becoming a commodity you know it's so starting to look at all these things and marketing is all about looking at your pricing as well as your part market positioning where mm-hmm. you are where you're seen you no, know, you don't want to be seen as cheap do you or do you
0: yeah, If you yeah, are going course. to
1: be seen as cheap then you've got to get volume yeah, yeah absolutely so.
0: and that's really interesting actually because there, there is there is a lot of people certainly who um uh, are in are in the transport industry and and as an industry we're often we often trade on price you know and uh and that's because people are missing that piece of education around positioning in the market and um interestingly Many of the services to fleet operators are are price based and they're often in a fight to the bottom, which as a business flagship, I, I never wanted us to, to be in that at all. I wanted us to be the value provider. We, I wanted us to be the ones who aren't the cheapest, but people know they're going to get a great job and um, and those kinds of things. So we've built it on service and quality and and those kinds of things. And um, it's interesting because actually when you look at the vehicles and the vehicle manufacturers themselves, it's the premium brands that stand out massively and people are happy to pay the money for the premium brands because that. so there is an understanding of value uh within the industry but it's interesting that there's some you know there's some who sort of want to sell training that's you know stack it high sell it cheap sort of strategy but if that if that's people's strategy then that's great but I think you make a really good point that actually I think some people do it without really thinking about the alternatives and um I think that there's probably there's many people listening that will you know reflect on that and i think one of the things that we've not talked about that i just wanted to pick up on because it's a conversation i was having with uh one of my clients the other day they run a fleet of vehicles it's actually those vehicles that are out there from a marketing point of view they are a shop window for your business as well and actually yeah. i know it's not joseph's area of expertise as such but to really think about those vehicles out on the road are they representing your business as well as they could be because if you've got dog-eared dirty looking vehicles without signage and those kinds of things you're not representing your business as well as you could be whereas if you're running a, a fleet of vehicles and they're you know they're nicely sign written some um, you know some, some purpose has gone into the brand you've got a universal message um, that's sort of coming across that's uh, that's a really important part of your business as well and and you know people are seeing those vehicles on a regular basis. It's all about visibility. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's, it's massive. I mean, if you were trying to pay for that space, mm. have you ever, I don't know if you ever talked to some of these media outlets about what it costs to put a, a board, you know, a hoarding with your, your name on it. It's, it's, it's thousands. Yeah, you yeah. pay tens of thousands a year. So you've got a vehicle out there running around advertising. Mm. And um, yeah, it's, a, it's very, very effective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, someone sees, you know, in our state agency business, you know, we get a board. We can't wait to get a board that says for sale. Because yeah, yeah. now we're advertising our business, and if that's on the main road,
0: yeah.
1: you're getting a lot of people see your business. Yeah,
0: yeah. Absolutely. So you're
1: encouraging people to work with you that you don't even know at mm. this stage, mm-hmm. but they're seeing. And obviously, if you then sell, for example, you've got a sold board. Now you've got success. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, So the same way as running around with the vehicles, they they've got obviously, obviously they want to be looking as good as possible at all times, which yeah, is yeah. obvious. Yeah. But it, uh, it can seem obvious, but sometimes we can overlook the obvious, can't we?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Joseph, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Um, if people are interested to learn more or want to talk about strategy for 2024, um, you know, those kinds of things, how do they get in touch with you? What's the best way to find you? Is it on LinkedIn?
1: Uh, LinkedIn, yeah, you can get me on LinkedIn. So Joseph Riley, uh, that's on LinkedIn. Just search for that, I'll, I'll come up. Or you can go to our website, which is uh, www.josephcreative.co.uk.
0: Awesome. Joseph, appreciate you taking the time out for the podcast. It's been a real pleasure, mate. Thank you. Cheers. I really hope you loved today's episode. And if you did, please make sure you subscribe and listen out for future episodes too. Please do share it across your social media channels. We hope to reach more and help more people. If you want to find out more about me, my name's Pete Rushmer. You'll find me across any social media channel and my business, Flagship Partners. And we're your partners in success across your business. Thank you. See you again soon.